Joe Orth and I are starting a podcast. What should we call it? Hey, don't pick on me. You know why? Because this is why. Well, let's see what he says. The Joe Show. <laughs> Give Joe the business. That's right. Cup of Joe. Cup of Joe. What is happening here? Would you listen? We'll give you a chance. Thank you. Uh... That's Joe. That's Rooster. And this is the Together We Shall podcast, episode 34. What is happening, man? You know, it's funny because, like, I know, obviously, when we're going to record these and when they're releasing, but I feel like 34 was, like, never going to happen, even just, like, a month ago, you know, when it was, like, 29 or 30, 34. It's, like, next thing you know, it's 44. I feel like it's, like, moving by, like, the tens, and it seems fast to me, but it also, like, doesn't seem fast. It's, like, it's been confusing, and I've thought about that a little bit this morning while running, thinking about, you know, hopping on this later. I'm, like, 34? That's crazy, like, a little bit. It's, like, life, though. Slow slow down, you know. Yeah, 34. I agree with you, man. 34 is a great, um, and it's not about the number 34. It's about the fact that we've actually had 34 hour conversations with just amazing people in our lives. And there's another 34 that are just on the top of our heads and so many more stories to amplify and to share. And um, today's is fun. But I I will tell you, there's something that um, I have to put myself on report. I made an error in episode 33. We had Josh and Mercedes on and they talked about you know, the upcoming deployment for Josh and their journey raising five children as military children. And I reflected back on Briley's connection with being a military child. And I told a story about how when I was deployed, uh, you created this technique where she would have uh, some candy every night and I didn't do it as much justice as I should and even Joe called me out and he was like really she didn't eat the candy well Lori can you help everybody understand how jacked up my description was yeah she ate the candy so basically it was a huge glass jar and I got stickers and it said daddy's kisses so every night before bed oh I filled the jar with Hershey kisses for your, this is your first deployment. Briley was three, Ainsley was one. I was very pregnant with Camden. So filled the jar with Hershey kisses every night as she got into bed, she got a kiss from daddy, quote, unquote, a kiss from daddy. I didn't, I didn't have Ainsley partake because she was one and a Hershey's kiss and she was in bed a little earlier. So it was like a Briley thing. And then your second deployment, um, I had, I had three little ones. Camden was one and a half. Ainsley, okay, I can't do the math, but they were like, you know, <laughs> young so instead of kisses, I did M&Ms and everyone got to partake in a kiss from daddy at night before bed, but it was just an M&M. But all candy was eaten, not a speck of candy left in the house. Okay, so just to clarify, there wasn't a moving of a piece of candy from one jar to another. It was a movement from the jar to the mouth. And when the candy was out of the original yeah. jar, it meant daddy was going to be home. Oh. So that was our countdown. Yes, <clears throat> that's important. That was our countdown. Yeah. The jar is full of kisses. Every night you get a kiss from daddy when all the kisses are gone. Daddy's going to be home. And then your dates fluctuate a little bit. So I'd have to sneak in and take some out, add some back in and take some out. But yeah, yeah when Briley had her last kiss, daddy will be home tomorrow. I love that you came to clarify that. Yeah. And and I probably had a whole bag to myself at night after the kids were night because I'm a candy whore. <laughs> For the win. I'm a candy yes. whore. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you. Okay. Can I we did it. I'm going to scrub toilets. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh, I love having uh, Lori square me away publicly. Joe, does that make more sense now that she's explained it? Yeah, it it makes a lot of sense. And I wasn't, you know, trying to to call you out or, or anything. But I, like, as Lori said, candy whore, like that, that too is me. And like, I, you know, know where the candy is in your house. And like, I know that your children were not just like moving them. Like there's just, that just wasn't happening. So let's jump into in the 34 with uh, our, our guest. And it's fun because he's got a connection to this military child thing, too, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But without further ado, uh, Vishal, welcome to the show. So awesome being here. Thanks for having me. This is so cool. The first thing we always do is ask you, like, where are you physically located and why do you think you are a guest on the Together We Shall podcast? I am physically located in my garage, in my makeshift office, where you'll see all my all my gear and all my stuff. Um, 
in in Carlsbad, California, down here in Southern California. I think the number one reason I think I am on here is because there's some type of untold connection, I think, between Rooster and I from when we first met. And, and outside of that, in some parallel universe, this is a good way to strengthen that connection. And I think um, um, there's a lot behind that. I don't think there's a singular reason. The more pointed reason why maybe I'm on here is um, because you gave me the opportunity to be on here. And I'm not going to say no to that. So. Wow. Wow. (laughs) There was like a little of the like, yeah, because you told me to. A little bit. A little bit. I don't think that's I don't think that's wrong. Right. Like, I'm not going to invite myself onto this awesome podcast. I'm just, you know, you 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 opened up the door. I walked through it. You know, people ask me like, hey, uh, you know, why did you start a podcast? I'm like, because I was told to. I don't. I don't know. It, it, I'm sure it was presented in a better way. Hey, we should start a podcast. But like, I don't know. I just heard it as, hey, we're going to start a podcast. And here we are, 34 episodes later. I don't think any of us walk into anything unwillingly, right? Just this is great because it's, you know, it's going to kind of expose even the folks that I get to work with and be part of every day to what both of you and and, and your community does. So I I'd love to be part of it. Yeah, man. Well, this is fun. So if you've listened to a past episode, then you know that we have to set the conditions, especially with three Marines, um, that the audience hasn't connected yet, Vishal, that you are a Marine, but they will hear really fast. Uh, first and foremost, it's Miller time. So ladies and gentlemen, this Miller, is the point right? of the sh- <laughs> It's Miller time, which to an F-18 pilot, Miller time has meaning. So Vishal, <laughs> I want you to share that with us in a minute, but everybody else, our Miller time is a chance for you to grab your favorite beverage. And if you're tube fed, Turn back to your caregiver and tell him to turn the dangle machine on. Josh Goldstein, looking at you. Anyway, uh, what are you drinking, Joe? Uh, I'm drinking a cup of Joe. Shout out to the the intro. Yeah, I like how you did that. You had a cup of Joe. <laughs> Vishal, what do you have? I'm drinking. I'm going to drink a little bit of this. Well, don't make fun of me. It's a little bit of June Shine kombucha. Say yeah. more, please. I'm total. What kombucha? <laughs> what? It's it's kind of more of a healthier healthier beverage, and and because it's five o'clock somewhere today, you know, I, I think this is probably the more appropriate thing for me to drink right now. It's uh, it's it's kind of like um, it's like fermented, you know, stuff mixed yeah. with a little bit of alcohol. I think, and it's supposed to be healthier for you. Let's not okay. get into too much. This is what I. <laughs> Okay, cool. I, I won't ask you to spell it so people can research it. I'll just say that you are enjoying Miller Time. So what does Miller Time mean to you when I said Miller Time? What's the first thing popped in your head, Vishal? A Miller. Okay, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> that's the first thing that, 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 that's the first thing that uh, popped in my head. I know there's other things, right, for, for aviation, but yeah. Well, would you, well, thank you. Would you enlighten the audience so that you don't keep this cliffhanger going about what the heck Miller time means when you're driving a, a an aircraft? I mean, Miller time means, you know, you're, I think from what I recall, Miller time is when we turn around and leave, right? Yeah, dude. How do you not know that, Top Gun? I, mean, I know manual? it. I know it. But, you know, like, you know, it's not an aviation podcast, right? It's like when we kind of turn around and you Miller time and you kind of, and you're kind of done and, you know, you're done with whatever you're doing and you, you kind of take off and leave, but it's, it's not appropriate that we're doing the Miller time at the beginning of the podcast, you know? No, it's very appropriate. (laughs) So again, this is not, we're not using brevity codes when we say Miller time, but I wanted the world to know that Miller time is also like a no joke, legitimate department of the Navy code that's used for mission complete heading back to, to base. So anyway, but apparently aviators don't use that. So I don't even know what I'm talking about. It's, I don't been, know some time. it's been some time. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Once I commit, <laughs> I go in all the way to the merge, right? We don't, okay. we don't, we don't okay. turn around at that point. Uh, okay, gosh. He's talking about merge. Joe, take control of this situation, please. Two zeros are getting out of control. You, well, yeah. And, like, that's, you know, is my job as, you know, an enlisted guy to try to wrangle you back. But, you know, knowing one of you long enough and, and knowing the other – I feel like approaching long enough. There, there's no wrangling back. I mean, 
just look at like Michelle's background. There's like eight surfboards. There's squat racks. Like he's like, you know, this big guy at Microsoft. He just like hangs out in his garage all day doing God knows what with his June shine. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. So you I, mentioned. I drank them before too, by the way. They're, I, I don't hate them at all. They're expensive, I think, but they're tasty. Yeah. Well, I don't know anything about any of that. So I went with, with uh, Amazon's version of Monster, which is like terrible. It's not even a monster. It's Amazon's version of Monster, which you, you can get. You on your favorite, one of your favorite drinks. Yeah. I did. I totally did. Yeah, that's funny. It was 11 bucks for 12 of them. I'm like, done. Let's do it. But anyway, hey, the listeners are like, bro, what is happening on these tangents? Come back to the thoroughfare, which is to say, Vishal, yeah, man, th- those are some of the reasons why you're here. And we're glad that you can be here with us. Thank you. Um, can you help the audience know like a little bit more maybe about your journey so like take us back man like well before you were in the merge and miller time and take us back as far back as you want to go to set the conditions for your journey uh here in this fabulous uh california carlsbad garage how'd you get there well i'm gonna i'll i might breeze over a couple things feel free to stop me and put me in tangents but i'm a first generation american my my grandfather was working under the rule of idi amin in africa uh in uganda my family refuged out of Uganda and uh, and eventually navigated through through Europe, through through London, here to the U.S. I'm one of many children. Everyone's everyone's a professional. Everyone's uh, a, you know a doctor, or something something gr- great. I actually mistakenly enlisted in the Marine Corps at 17. I walked out of the recruiter's office, thought it was, you know, my, my father told me to go take my name off the call list if I wanted to. That's what I, that's how I thought it worked in the mid nineties. And I went, <laughs> I rode my bike down there. The Marine Corps recruiter had me, uh, had me convinced that becoming a military policeman would be amazing for my career to be a lawyer. It, there's obviously some type of connection of being a lawyer and being a military police. Yeah, there's a little hodgepodge, you know, thinking back at it, literally zero intention or knowledge of of what service to country was and and why we did it um i walked home with an enlistment to the marine corps now obviously i was 17 i needed parental consent i I shared that with my my folks my mom said yes absolutely my father looked at me in the face and said in this family when we make a commitment to something we do it he signed it walked back to the office the next morning so enlisted uh commissioned uh years later um 2005 and ended up in the aviation community uh almost failed out three times probably more than that and ended up flying f-18s uh getting into back onto the ground side was privileged to many different deployments and and retired through some uh, you know unique circumstances back in 2016-ish and and got into technology and now now here i am um couple of careers later after after the Marine Corps, I you know, I work at a small tech firm called Microsoft. So <laughs> there's your there's your cliff notes of, of of way far back to how we got here in the garage. And and honestly, you know, I think the power of technology has allowed me to be in my garage. So I'll end it there. You said how did I end up here in Carlsbad? Well, through all the provisions and things that happened after 2016 being able to be part of this technology community has allowed me to um, do what I feel I love and 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 what fills my professional bucket um, from right here at home, uh, here in Southern California, even though, you know, I get to work globally. I still can just like picture you like, I got to get my name off this list. And the guy's like, yeah, initial here to remove your name and sign here to add your name and you're like why does it say four years and you're like it's fine just take this and your dad signs it and then you're you're good and you're like all right sure <laughs> it was four years to have your name removed it's basically removing your name from the list for four years in my mind once i had signed the first piece of paper which meant nothing i felt like that hook was in there and i had zero backbone to say no like i had no no backbone like i was a salesperson's dream if i was if i had any influence at all right because all they had to do was say something convincing and i was too scared to say no okay you know? all right no yeah. that's fair 
That's fair. And I mean, how, how much of the of the say yes aspect of it might have been tied to how you were raised? I mean, you, you pointed out your dad said when we make a commitment to someone, I mean, was are, are, are you a yes person? Like, how does all that tie in? Um, I, I, no one's ever asked me if I'm a yes person. Like, I would say I'm a not no person. Right. I I, I don't just go out and say yes to everything. I've always pondered the yes or sure let's do it but i've more so been non-confrontational i don't like conflict i let myself be convinced rather than rather than um take the onus and take the action i think my life and the way i make decisions has totally changed over you know 25 26 years since that day but yeah i i've never been a yes person just more of a not no person start with yes to a degree kind of guy sure yeah. Cool. Okay. That. Awesome. Well, I had no idea that your family migrated from Uganda. I mean, have you have you been back there? I'd love to go there at some point, shape or form. But there's there's three little eleven and under priorities in the home that right now that you know if I travel anywhere, I want to make sure I bring them. And you know, it's right now. I don't think they would uh, appreciate it. Maybe they would. I, I they would absolutely appreciate. It. But right now, there's so many other conflicting uh, priorities where you know, we're focusing our efforts with travel and things like that with those three that before I head back over there, but I do have a goal to get back there at some point. I have been to India where my, where my parents both have lived and grown up prior to that, even my father and, you know, seeing how they've grown up and where they grew up and all the perseverance and all the things that they um, managed to go through in their lives, right? Before they even got here. So yeah, there's a lot there to unpack, but um, definitely grateful more so over the last, like, I would say 10, 10, 15 years than I ever have been, you know, in my life. Yeah. You, you mentioned three under 11, Joe. And I, I think to myself, you know, we, we, all three of us are dads to, to children and all of them are military children, which has a piece to why April and Vishal came together to be on episode 34. What has been your children's perspective of being military kids? We've always lived our lives with this sense of responsibility and service i think the uh the passing and 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 the legacy of those that we've lost friends family um especially in the tail end of my career we they've been part of it our kids have been at a national cemetery more than most people have in their entire lives paying tribute and and talking about those those individuals that we lost has been one of the greatest things for them to understand what sacrifice really means and what, you know, who these individuals were and what legacy really means. I mean, I would never expect an eight-year-old to understand those types of things. Or, you know, one of the coolest things that happened in the past was we went and visited uh, two friends of ours, uh, Taj, Serene, and Sterling Norton. And, you know, they're both buried next to each other at Miramar National. And my, at the time, four-year-old was running around the grounds, you know, just running around like there was grass and everything like that. And, you know, at first we're, we were like, oh, let's stop running around, stop screwing around, you know. And and at a certain point, you know, I think the next time we went over there it was like, you know, I told I called uh, I called one of the one of the families of one of the two gentlemen. And um, she said, that's exactly what, you know, he would have loved to see her running around and playing around and being part of that and just being there. And, you know, it gives you perspective, right? That's what it was like to be, um, that's what it's like to be a military child, not to just learn about service and know that you come from a military legacy, but to, at the core of who you are, you understand sacrifice and it's part of you, whether you understand, whether you tangibly understand it or not, right? Um, so I think that's indifferent of when we were in and when I retired and have, you know, having the kids uh, later in our career, like, it, it will always be a piece of them, you know, all the pictures, all the family, all the, all the, all the, all the stories, you know, I think even when they grow up, they'll feel like they were part of it, even though, you know, majority of my career, you know, they weren't there. I'm glad to hear you, I guess, glad to hear you say about the kids running around uh, at Miramar National, because you mean, what, nine months ago, uh, burying my dad, you know, at four and two at the time, uh, year olds, and yeah, they were, doing the same thing and it was stressing me out. I'm like, God bless you guys are like, you know, stepping on people for lack of better. You know, I'm like, you guys gotta stop. 
and I, I don't remember who it was. Someone, you know, in my immediate family was like, that's what dad would want. Let him play. Um, yeah. I've thought about it a lot um, from time to time and going back there. I'm like, because I'm like, we're going to walk this way, you know, column right. We're going up. We're not <laughs> touching anything, stepping on any. And then just like, let him, let him go. I mean, that's what you would think that everyone there would would want is for kids to be kids to be kids. There's obviously things that we want to make sure we 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 respect and teach over time but um there's also a lot for us to learn you know of of how the fact that they can absorb all of that with a smile um you know it's being embedded in them very early you know and and sacrifice and legacy doesn't have to be something that they mourn the rest of their lives it could be something that they appreciate they folks sacrifice so much for freedom and now they're no longer with us in the physical. They want us to be free and to see the kids run around and be free. I mean, that's, that's it. So that's cool. This is one of those places that the podcast has taken us that I did not anticipate. And that's the beauty of not having a script. Um, so I pre- appreciate both of your candor and, um, and vulnerability and sharing that perspective. I would also um, say that there was a lot more that you talked about in your intro, Vishal. And you mentioned 2016. And you were like some some circumstances. I was on the tail end of my career, really looking to stay in for another 10, 15 years. I looked at the Marine Corps as my identity. It was who I was. And it was it was March 21st of 2015. Uh, I remember that day as well. My grandfather had passed away that morning and my daughter's birthday was the next day. So I was driving around in, in the Los Angeles area and I got a phone call from a buddy saying, hey, are you okay? I said, well, what are you talking about? Uh, cut a long story short, uh, my wife looked at the news um, off her phone and noticed the ISIS flag. And there was an, a kill list associated with 100 people on that with all of our information. I said, go to their home and um, behead them and their families. And 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 here's their address, <laughs> right? Okay. Okay. Well, so the listeners like, what did I just hear that correctly? So Vishal, seriously, you're riding on I five or something and your wife is sitting next to you. You just got a phone call and and your wife shows you a news story. That's national headline news. And, and there's this terrorist group called ISIS who wants their followers to go kill people on this list. And yeah, they're in the United States. That's right. And these people are in the United States. And I'm going to just conclude that are you about to tell us your name was on that list? So my name, my full name, my home address, my personal information, my picture, um, everything was on there. Uh, needless to say, we were terrified, uh, escorted home that day by, uh, you know, elevated law enforcement. Home was cleared that night before we got into it. Imagine, you know, you have a newborn-ish in the house. The home is cleared like it's a narcotics lab. And it was it was surreal, and it didn't end there. That's where it started, right? And and I think um, imagine trying to sleep in that home every night after that, after hey, w- there's no nothing here. You guys are good to go in. Uh, being on active duty after that, and and imagine going on another deployment after that has happened. You know, even though your name's targeted, it, it's not you, right? It's it's here. It's it's your identity associated with your home, associated with who you are, your life everything in your life changes. So, um, you know, with the help of uh, some amazing, you know, officials in the government, you know, they they helped me finish out my last few years um, in the Marine Corps uh, post-2015, so I can get to my 20 years. And I retired. And, you know, I dedicated my life after that Number one to my family and doing doing more to to make sure that we were whole again. We didn't want to live in fear the rest of our lives. This is something that took years of realization because we lived with the black car outside of our home. We lived with protection. We had we moved four times, right? Four or five times, even more if you count all the different places we moved. We we lost hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, because we couldn't sell a home and we couldn't do any of these things. Uh, and and then I had to go find a job with no tangible skills except for, hey, I was, you know, I've got these gold wings on my chest. I was in the Marine Corps for a long time. I had two kids, a mortgage, all this stuff to support. We had a all hands on deck 
in this family, like getting getting additional jobs, making money from different ways, right? And finding ways to get out of the Marine Corps without how, without having a retirement um, physically at hand, right? And and any of that. So we had to navigate through that as a family, uh, and eventually led me to technology in one way, shape, or form. And you know what I do now, it's it's uh, protecting the identity, right? Digitally, and and that's kind of goes back to what happened there. We don't have to tangent there, but. But that's kind of finding finding your rabbit hole and finding your passion and then being able to kind of expand on it, right? But that's that's exactly what happened. I remember um, that list, seeing it. Um, it was, you know, a big thing for the military at large, you know, especially people, you know, whose names were on it, like yours. But then, like, folks like Rich and myself who are, you know, in the intelligence community, like, man, how... How did this happen? What what now? What's going to happen? You know, to to some, they thought it was like, I don't want to say like a a nine eleven type thing, but it was like this is going to cause big second and third order effects. Like how how did this happen? And then so knowing that that your name was on it um, is shocking and alarming, but it's also nice to see that you took such a negative time in your in your family's life for a period of years and said, all right, I need to not let this happen to someone else. And I need to do everything that I can um, to ensure that that happens. I'm not gonna take any credit for that, right? I will tell you that my taste for the Marine Corps and for the Department of Defense was was very sour in that moment. Um, and for years prior, and there's, there's still moments where I, you know, no matter, how whole I feel my life is now and how blessed I am now. I would do anything to go back in time and and find out ways for that not to ever happen. Um, you know, and people could say, well, Vishal, you're in a career you love. You you finish the military. You you get to do so many th- different things. You get to spend time with your, with your kids. I, I will say there is a moment of terror that happened in that moment where I didn't care how my name was on the list. I, I know how, how it came to be and all of that now, but there's a mo- there are still moments where it was like, I don't care how this happened. I really don't care who it happened to, how it happened, why it happened. It happened. I'm on it. Now I have to figure out a way to survive. My back is against the wall. Failure is not an option. I don't care if I'm going to do this for good. I had a couple core things I needed to do. Number one, I needed to keep a roof over my head and my fam- my family's head. I needed to make sure there was food um, in our hands to eat every every evening. And I needed to make sure that I was creating, you know, this environment for my family where they were the least impacted as they could have been. Nothing out of what I just said has anything to do with making sure anyone else was protected or protecting anyone else. It took healing and time for me to realize like what I had. And there was a, there was a decision that my wife and I had to make, like, do we tell this story? Is this something that we utilize because you can definitely utilize this to go and do different things, but then you can utilize it for good as well. And I think that's the path we eventually went to is utilize it for good, balance impact, do other things, right? My, my life isn't about just the story. It's about where the story has led me and now taking where it's led me to, to really, you know, spread that to refill my bucket, to live a whole life. Right. So, um, that's why I said, like, there's no credit there of me being selfless and and doing more with it. I think, you know, I think I eventually led to a point where I wanted to take this and do more good, but but it wasn't a natural realization at all, right? It, my back was against the wall. I felt like I didn't have any options. I felt like I had zero people in my corner. Um, it was my problem, no one else's problem, because it was very unique, right? There's a lot to that, so... Yeah, there's a ton to that. And I maybe there's a little Maslow there. And I'm not trying to go positive psychology or self-accusation and none of that kind of stuff. But like it, it when it comes down to it, what you articulated was at its foundation, you were seeking shelter and security and food. Like because th- that's all that mattered that at that point. And maybe there's something to starting over with the things that truly matter: security, shelter, food, and then building this process of what has become your life eight years later, but it was built in a way where you got a chance, you had a chance to kind of direct the growth. Um, 
to to make sure each pillar of the pyramid were taken care of. And and now I would submit that you're at a point where you're able to self-actualize and to have impact in a positive way. Whereas if you would have continued down the track that was a 30-year career in the Marine Corps, would you have had this reset opportunity? I think you're absolutely right. That, that's how I look at life and how I look at how we do things, right? Is take take the opportunity at hand and look at it to do good with, not, not, not mitigate, not fix, right? We're not, we're not fixing anything. We're not, we're not solving anything, but what we're doing is we're taking the moment and we're saying, how do we do more good with this moment? How do we empower with this moment? How do we, how do we impact people with this moment? Right? Cause there's a lot to what I do now. That's more than just securing an identity or doing, you know, technology and security within technology. There's, there's a lot to who I am as a person, what we do as a family, you know, um, how we utilize this platform that it's available to me now to, to impact different facets of my life, the community and the people around me. And, and, and it did take that moment. Right. And I'm not saying that another moment couldn't have done that as well. Right. There, I could have stayed in 30 years and it could have been a whole new set of events that could have um, catalyst this life. Right. But if you look at how I joined the Marine Corps, it was the same thing. I, you know, getting, getting into the recruiter's office with zero intent to serve my country and doing it because essentially someone told me I'd committed to it and I had to do it. Right. September 11th wasn't a thing. Right. You, you say, same thing, you know, your time frame. it was because I had to. And over time, you know, that group, my, my parents had an arranged marriage, right? They, I, they, they'll tell you they didn't fall in love and get married. They, they broke up with their individual people and were introduced to each other and got married and they grew to love each other. Um, and as much as my wife and I fell in love and we met through um, a, 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 one of my best friends who I flew with in the Marine Corps, you know, we respect the fact that, you know, that event in their life forced them to to grow into love and they found, you know, all this beauty behind that. Right. So just like everything we do in life, right. The, it can, it can be catalyst. It, this, this was a catalyst to do more good, just like you said. Yeah. I mean, like the, the silver lining on negative and positive, but I think like you, you said, like, especially with your parents, like put into a situation and, and grow from it. Um, you know, like a, like a plant or something, right? It's put into soil and you got to water it and everything to grow. It's the same with, with life great as, as, as humans, you know, I mean, the plant is, is life, but it, for us as humans, we're put into soil or whatever you want to call it. Right. And we have to ensure we have food, water, and shelter, you know, for our loved ones to, to grow. So yeah, you're, you know, may have taken a tougher road than, than some. And you don't want any credit for like that tougher road. And you've made that clear to us, but let's be clear, dude, you were on a kill list by one of the mo world's most infamous terrorist organizations at the time. And so there's some, some, there's some there, there, but, but that's not, be, that's not defined you Vishal. And that's the beauty of what you're saying to us here is you did not allow that moment to define you. You allowed that moment to give you the soil for you to find the hydration, for you to find the love, for you to find the security and the shelter, even if you had to move four times and lose a bunch money along the way, it reinforced to you that there's things that are important in this journey. And I want to focus in being all in on what's important to me and, and this journey. And, and that's the lesson here. Together, we shall accomplish so much more than as individuals who are hiding from ISIS. You surrounded yourself with the people that love you and you accomplished this, this, this life that is today. Yeah. I, I mean, I have nothing to add to that. It, it's absolutely the case. We need each other uh, in one way shape or form uh to do what we need to do yeah you mentioned like you weren't going to live in fear and rooster can can jump in here too because i don't remember what it was rooster if it was a a weekly word or one of those things but you talked about fear in the truck in the uh like the basketball court parking lot i forget why what happened uh it wasn't like 9 11 but it talked about fear and was talking to some marines about that this weekend uh, as I drill, that's why I look like this. Uh, but living in fear doesn't have to be like afraid of like, you know, dying or getting hurt. I mean, like, you know, not being able to love or, you know, father or, you know, birth a child. Like 
as humans, we can't live in fear of, of anything because that is 100% going to make it come true. That's at least, you know, how I have seen it or experienced it or understand it. So, like, it's neat to just have another person, you know, to, you know, whatever, aviators, yeah. fix your hair, you know, that <laughs> that talk about, like, not living in fear and, you know, just whatever it was, 72, 96 hours ago, I was talking to an 18-year-old. I mean, like, we got kids, they're kids, and, like, for me to say that, you know, in uh, my detachment, they were born in, like, 2004, 2005. My, my son was born in 2005, and he goes to boot camp in July, so put that yeah. in perspective. Um, but, yeah, no, you, you nailed it about this fear thing and not living in fear, and there was so many pieces. Man, I, I just want to pull the string on so much stuff. Um, but I will say that Darlene, uh, podcast episode 14, Darlene Marshall, she mentioned recently she does this uh, podcast of her own, and she puts out some daily emails, and she talked about this manifestation thing and this idea that she doesn't believe that manifesting this idea of something going to happen is real and it's an interesting kind of twist on it but i only mentioned that because i was talking to darlene for the first time really and deep diving into some stuff the moment that i met Vishal. and you mentioned earlier um this idea that there's more to this story about how we came to meet one another um what do you remember from that day Vishal? and there's a purpose for my question it was a, it was it was evening i flew in late and I walked in and there was a there was a table or a lounge area in the back right. And there was a staircase that L'd up. And I saw someone and they said, I you have to meet this guy. There's something that connects that 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 you two should connect on. I don't know what it is, but his name's Rooster. And before I even made it up the stairs, you were there. And we sat there and we spoke and I ended up not going up to my room or something like that. And that's, and that's, I have a memory like a goldfish, three, se three seconds long, but that's the extent of the first moments when we met. Yeah, it's, it's the same story for me. And it's wild because I was told the same thing. There's this guy coming, Vishal, and you have to meet him. Y'all just need to talk. And how true could that be? I think that was a combination of Camille Minor and maybe Paula Cantor. Both of those women told me that, uh, in addition to some other people, which was crazy that so many people thought I needed to meet this guy. And I didn't know you from Adam. You didn't know me from Adam. And Vashaw, Rooster, two kind of unique names for gentlemen in their 40s. Um, and there you are. And you're a straight Southern California garb. You know, you got you're dressed like you came from California, if I can say that. <laughs> Did I, have, I probably had sandals on and a plain T-shirt. <laughs> And it was November in Houston and it was oh. cold. So yeah, within like 15 minutes, we were in the back of an Uber, like driving to another location to, to meet up with another Marine, Chris Story, who we That's both right. know. Right. And then we, and then we eventually met up with Chris and I think we stayed out a long time after that. Just talking. Yeah. yeah. We, we sat there and, and just talked for, for the entire night. Yeah. So the, the reason I brought that up wasn't to just, you know, have fun listening to myself talk about the first time I met Bashal, it was to point out that like there are people along the way that you will come in contact with, that there's this undeniable energy and connection. And Joe and I have that. I mean, he was, he was the sergeant. I was the captain. We weren't supposed to have magnetic connection. You know, in fact, rest in peace, Bill Orth, Joe's dad, one time pulled me aside and was like, you know, this relationship you have with my son is fraternization. <laughs> But anyway, sometimes like the love is the love, the connection is the connection. And I, I just wanted to circle back to that to say without those introductions and this energy, um, the, number one, the three of us wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. But what has happened since that night for Ainsley's Angels of America is a beautiful whole nother podcast, um, how you introduced us to your friends and how your friends have then brought us to become a very secure by way of cybersecurity, public facing charity. And and for that, Vishal, thank you. And and Joe's got a lot to say to that. I think, you know, it's it's it said secure first. And you know, I think that's that's awesome. I mean, it's it's inherently baked into my blood now and my DNA. But um, but at the end of the day, it's connecting individuals that that want to do more 
and and finding different ways to 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 help each other right i think i think being part of you know joe 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 stalker who you mentioned uh, is the ceo of the organization that was formerly part of and uh, an amazing individual um but his passion is cybersecurity. His passion is, is that. Um, and taking the mission of Ainsley's Angels and marrying it up with them, finding ways for, let's say, Joe to invest his passion into something else that's passionate for you. I mean, all I was was the median. And I think, um, and I find I find that for me, right, finding these unusual connections and balances of 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 impact and and productivity and all of that, I, I love that. I love that space, and it's more than just cybersecurity. I, I look at what Ainsley's Angels does, and I say I, I look at it as you know how do we how do we make what you're doing and foundationally get the message out more, right? How do we how do we reach more people, right? And and in my world of technology now, that's how I see a lot of nonprofits moving and not nonprofits like 501c3s. So, so philanthropic nonprofit type organizations or organizations that are inherently married to their mission for non-revenue reasons. I should probably change nonprofit and philanthropy to that. I like to change nonprofit, move it away from the revenue and call it more about an impact organization. So it's 100 an impact or I, I, all all nonprofits and philanthropic organizations are impact organizations. You're right. So marrying all that stuff up is really cool, and you know I'm glad that you guys were able to do that. And I, you know, you know I've I've just recently over the last year been um been part of Ainsley's Angels, right? And you know I get my newsletters and 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 get to read the stories and and do all of, do all of that. And I know we've talked about doing more even this year. So I think it's 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 awesome, right, to be part of a community that's making an impact and doing more and and Ainsley's Angels has nothing to do with cybersecurity, right? And I think this connection of technology and where we met with the, when we were at a Travis Mania Foundation event and 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 then bringing in my private sector company and now my current company, right? With Microsoft bringing like there is room in this bucket for all of us, right? It just takes people to put it together. And I think when you have people in areas where you can connect those dots, it's our responsibility to make those connections so that we could show the world in the industry that this is just as important as you know you're reporting to the stockholder you know yeah yeah i love that thank you for that and and i i want to bring joe into this here because like what you said earlier about how you were a medium to you know connecting joe stalker to ainsley's angels well that consisted of like vishal joe joe and rooster on a call and then and then vishal and rooster for the most part stepped away yeah. And the two and the two Joes went at it and they connected their own kind of rapport and relationship. And Joe introduced Joe to people. And it, it was it was just this ripple, man. And so it's pretty awesome when you have like the power of the mission connecting passions and, and, and in some cases um, connecting people to do things that they would have never thought that they would ever do. And, and here's Joe, my executive vice yeah. president. He's not doing the mission. He's doing cybersecurity with your Joe. And like, eh, Joe. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's it, right? It's it's the the connections, the meetings, the linking people up, the notes, the spheres, all that. Because yeah, literally, it was. I'm looking at a calendar, about 12 months ago, maybe maybe a little bit longer, but not much. And it was like, you know, wow, like, only hey, a year. You, exactly right, because yeah, you're like, hey, Google's great, but check this out. Let's talk about some things. I'm not trying to tell you which way to go, but then we had a conversation and you're like, talk to this guy, Joe. And then, so the relationship that you and Rooster made formed into the relationship that I guess the three of us have and then yeah, we brought Stalker the, for, in. For the record, for, for the record, right. I think the conversation wasn't Google's great go like, look at this. It was, it was utilize, utilize the power of innovation. And we'll edit yeah. that for sure. We'll, we'll edit <laughs> No, don't edit it. It's fine. Right. I think all of, all of, these technology companies, Microsoft included, Google included, Amazon included, we have this responsibility to share how we how we infuse the mission. And I think I think Google is great. I think Amazon is great. Like we all hold each other accountable. But the the original conversation was exactly that, Joe. Right? Right? It was it was all these technologies are great. No matter what way you go and what you do, figure out a way to tie digital transformation to 
what Ainsley's Angels does. The key there is the conversation. And yeah. we had a conversation with, with just happened to be Microsoft. It could have been anyone else, right? But that conversation led to relationship building, which that relationship building continued to grow and continues to grow to this day. But like, if we never would have had that conversation, like I said, I don't 13-ish months ago, or really if you and Richard wouldn't have had that conversation, Again, Ainsley's Angels from a overall aspect is better today than we were 13 months ago uh, for many reasons. But one of those major reasons is the conversation that that we had and the connections that we've made over that little over a year. So, I mean, we're forever, you know, indebted and grateful for you just making that connection, you know, um, because it's. It's been great. It's been a wild ride. We're impacting more people. You know, I mean, before you hopped on, it's like in a matter of seconds, I can tell Rooster how many people we have registered, you know, and, and all sorts of things. When the last donation came through and when the last time, and like, there's just so much way that we are bettering ourselves as an organization with some IT processes that are impacting, you know, the mission and those on the ground in Southern California. So thank you. Well, thank you both for for being part of it and and for letting me be part and honestly for letting me be part of it it's all it's it's just awesome i don't i there's like i get goosebumps talking about like all of this right what what technology can do to advance what why we do it and to to the point of what we were talking about earlier i don't think any of this would have happened unless isis would have put my name on a list you know which is insane so um, well, the, the correlation there is none of this would happen on my end if my daughter wasn't born with a, a genetic disorder that terminally took her life after 12 years. Like, I'm not comparing that to being on the ISIS oh, top 100 yeah, list. Likewise. But I'm going to say that, as Ryan Mannion said, a knock at the door. Like, when you have a knock at the door, which can be any different type of knock, like, that, that, that shit's real. Knocks at the door are real, and you have a choice for how you want to proceed. I, yeah, 100%. I mean, I, w I wanted to go down a rabbit hole there with the with the knock at the door, but I mean, you're absolutely, absolutely right. I, you know, and that knock at the door can be a lot. And see, now he's just started going down the rabbit hole. The knock go, at the door could be- a, Go, 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 be a, go, go. I, I think when, 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 when uh, Taj had uh, uh, died in an F-18 crash, I was the guy knocking. Right. So, you know, when we look at the perspective of what a knock at the door is on one side, um, you know, I always think what what that moment was at 21 years in the Marine Corps. And the one moment I remember was knocking on the door. So help the world understand you were you were a casualty assistance officer. You were a Keiko. You were the guy dressed in blue that went to the door. Um, please share that story if you so desire, Vishal. Sure. Sure. So, you know, I knew Todd growing up through different facets which was which was interesting Taj is a, was um it was an amazing individual right uh Indian heritage uh and to be quite honest when when we saw each other in OCS we didn't know both of us were there and I looked at him and it was hard to see someone you know with the same skin color as you and you know at OCS right in the middle of Virginia and some of that you've seen before you're like both of you were supposed to I don't know, BCPAs, lawyers, doctors, and you're 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 the head officer candidate school. And with both both with you know in Hindu background, the first time you see each other is on the Sunday when they're holding services and you're in you're in you know you're in the pews there in the back just to get away from the room, right? So um I look at Taj, he looks at me, he's like, What are you doing here? And I said, <laughs> 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 what are we what are we doing here um anyway taj and i both ended up uh as officers in the marine corps and and taj uh tra tragically lost his life uh in the f-18 crash um i was asked to be the keiko for for taj i was the operations officer over at uh, the 3rd marine air wing at the time at miramar taj was was stationed there on his way home from the deployment um and that moment where they shared it with me um and they said hey we you know we want to make sure that we're doing all of this the right way we don't know we don't have a keiko right now this is your keiko trained and and you knew taj and you 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 know 
who his family is and all of that. So, you know, I went home, changed that day and drove over to Taj's home where, um, where I knocked on the door and shared with his loved one that Taj had, uh, died in an F-18 crash. And, um, and I remember, I remember everything about the moment leading up to it. I remember how I felt like I, like I'm getting weird feelings right now, just talking about it. Um, and I remember my anxiety and I remember, I didn't know how, what I was going to say and how I was going to say it. And I read, uh, like I was supposed to read something and I think I read it, but I vaguely remember getting through it. Um, and then being part of that. And it's not just knocking on the door at that point. It's, uh, it's, you go through the whole process, uh, of, the logistical process and all of the Marine Corps processes behind being a Keiko. So um, setting everything up at the National Cemetery, uh, all of all of the notifications, all the bit, all the death benefits, all the all, all of that stuff you do. And you're with the family for for a while. And, you know, it's this unwanted bond that you have with that individual, whether it becomes something that they want later in life or they don't. You're you're part of it. A year later, a good friend of mine Sterling Norton also died in an F-18 crash, close friend of ours, um, his wife. And, you know, in those two years being part of those processes, you know, really changed the way I looked at things. And that's honestly the moment I knocked on Tachi's door was the one moment I remember. So the out of the 21 years that I had. So like when you said knock at the door, that's immediately what I think about. I know, I know, um, I know, I know the book. It's a great book, uh, you know, that. Uh, Miss Looney, uh, Heather, and and and, uh, and Ryan had co-wrote. But when I think about knocking the door, I, I think about the other side. So that's yeah, strong. Yeah, that's one of those things. Like I I never would have thought about it from the other side, but like I remember back to back deployments. Um, we had to send someone to knock on the door on Mother's Day. And I remember thinking like, one, you know, grateful that it, it's not my mother, but two, like that, that's gotta hurt. You know, being that person that knocks on the door and calls, like that's, that's tough, man. Yeah. I think Besides, it gave me a lot. I mean, and realize this happened right after the kill list as well. So it really took all of that suck that had happened and put life into perspective um it made me want to go home really fast it made me want to spend every moment i had that i was able to with my family it made me wanting made me want to look at being whole again as a family rather than just mitigate an issue right it it really changed the perspective of how i look at things everything every day um that moment and it's not just Taj's passing but that moment of being the bearer of that news changed my perspective on what I already have and had right so you know it, it wasn't the worst thing that had happened in my life um or the most challenging thing and I would say the ISIS stuff probably it was not the most challenging thing that has ever happened in my life, but one of the most memorable and most impactful things was having the honor and the, and the, and the privilege to be able to do that. And, you know, I, I don't know if I can do it again, to be quite frank. Um, but, but that's what I remember. Yeah, dude, thank you uh, a whole, whole lot for sharing that. Um, it's bringing a lot up for me as I'm listening uh, to you talk and the, the words you're choosing and how you're you're doing it. Um, it I had three Marines die in my last year um, as an XO at a unit and, and might have frankly driven some of the timing of my retirement. But I stayed away from being that close to it. And of course, this fell within a year or so of, of Ainsley's passing. So like I found myself like distancing myself from the families and from the celebrations of life and from the funerals and rather just handling the notifications to headquarters marine corps and all the admin and logistics on the back end and as i as i listen to the to you articulate 
the fact that it was an honor and a privilege to be there for that family in that moment, like, uh, I don't know, it just brought me to another place emotionally. It made me say, like, thank you for our Keikos, but did, I don't want to say I missed an opportunity to really show up for a family. I'm never, I don't have any regret about that period of my life, but it, it, it thank you for sharing. I'll just say that, Michelle. Thank you for sharing. It was very oh, helpful. I think we all, sh- I think we all make the same impact and 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 are there in the same capacities for anyone that we lose in our lives whether it's whether it's through a medical um uh, you know you know a medical condition whether it's a tragic loss of life right and whether it's whether it's through the military connected community we all have our different ways of of um being part of that journey and there isn't a right or wrong way there isn't a missed or not missed opportunity there you know it's one of those things where even as a Keiko, you would think, well, like, why did this form the bond with the family that we didn't have in the past? But then, you know, you're not going to be part of that. You, you may always have that bond, but it, maybe it's not something you want to grow and strengthen over the course of your life because because you don't want these individuals to also always associate you with maybe that or maybe that you do. I don't I don't know. Right. But um, I don't think there's ever a missed opportunity there, I think. But there's always a moment of reflection and there's always a, a a moment of growth that you can take from that or learning that you can take from that um that I did and and for me it was important to take all of that and funnel it to how it affected me personally right um selfishly in a in a in a very good way like be I, I was very selfish about that because what I didn't want to do is radiate all of that anywhere else right and i would say the uh, my and then we talked about this with with our with our kids right when we started right my my kids were part of it <laughs> my, my wife was part of it these are individuals that didn't even sign up to serve or do anything that were automatically brought into this so um it still remains a very interesting dynamic in our family of when certain songs come up or when certain pictures come up or Todd and sterling the last picture of them two together were at my wedding Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of things that happen, but yeah, it's 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 crazy, and and, and where life has gone, right? I think this is, yeah. yeah. Listen to you both talk about like the Keiko aspect of something um I've never had to experience, uh, but this is also now week and a half out from my reunion that I'm going down to Tampa uh, to see brothers that you know we deployed together. 19 years ago and you know some didn't come home so there's obviously those conversations um that are going to be had from a different perspective but i also think like like you said rooster it's like you don't have any regrets on the way that was handled uh in your situation you know as the xo but there's you know it's like what you and like i say to you all the time like you go you know kiss babies and shake hands and i'll do this you knew the role was just reversed in that situation you handled you know the ad it's like ad con op con you handled that and then you had senior enlisted um that went the other way and that's that's like what you're all saying there's no right or wrong that's just the way it, it worked out so there's definitely no i'm glad to hear you don't have any regrets because you know you shouldn't um but yeah it's just a interesting experience being around fallen military members, you know, that's never fun, obviously, but it's just different when it's all people that sign the same contract to do to do the same thing, you know, and especially in tragic situations of accidents while flying, you know, and, you know, vice combat yeah. or, you know, at a, at a schoolhouse, like that stuff, you know, shouldn't happens so everywhere in life there's something i think that happens and we programmatically try to say this is how we will resolve it this is how we will fix it this is how it happens but when your back is against the wall and something like that happens you realize there's no right there's no wrong way there's only one way to get through it and it's through the community that's around you you know and i think that's 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 how i look at it now right i mean i have the we have this enormous business at Microsoft and we have all these roles that people do but people have strengths people have weaknesses there's only one way we accomplish things and it's together you reflect on what we just spoke about it's no different 
to people in the non-military connected community than it is in the military connected community. We all have our own struggles. We all have our own life events that we can't control. Um, you know, and there's no silver bullet. There's no prescription, you know, so. You know, Vishal, that might tie into kind of where I wanted to, to, to offer an opportunity for you to give us some perspective here. You know, we, we wrap this out. This episode is part of April, April, the month of the military child, but May is mental health awareness. And we do rally around that. Um, our podcast will have a guest that will talk about PTSD and we'll talk about mental health things. And that's to come next month. But all of the things that we just unpacked, the three of us here, it'll leave each of us feeling a certain way as we end this episode. Is there anything that you may want to offer to those that just listen to us talk about this as they carry on with the rest of their day? I'm almost speechless to everything we unpack. I can't believe we unpacked all of this. If I was to bubble to one thing that we can all think about, be open and appreciative to any surrounding that you're in, whether it's good, whether it's bad. If it causes reflection, then you're in a place of love and growth, you know? And I think, um, you know, you don't need accolades to feel loved. You don't need, you don't need to feel like you did something wrong to feel like you're growing. I think if it causes you to think and it causes you to reflect, then you know that there is care, there's love, there's growth around you. And find find a moment in your day, today, tomorrow, find one moment where you just pause for 60 seconds and absorb your the environment around you and just pay attention to what, you know, what you're thinking about, what you what's around you, you know, is there someone talking? Are there birds chirping? Or are there people rushing to get their kids somewhere? Is is someone stressed out, right? I mean and try to take all that in. Try to try to try to pin out like someone really cares about their kid enough where they are, you know, they're really struggling to get them to learn their math problem or, you know, that, you know, someone's peacefully walking over there in a place of peace right now. Like take one moment in your day and pause for a second and just reflect on that moment. Maybe that's what it is. When you talked about taking 60 seconds to be present, I mean, yeah, I I do it for three to five minutes every day in 42 degree water. Um, and I had to go an extreme way to to force myself to be present. But then also, I mean, I talked about it, um, I think last episode, like, and then I got a journal and like, I take time to process that 60 seconds and then 12 hours later, like write some of it down. I, I don't cold plunge, but yeah. um, when you cold plunge and you're present, are you internally present? Are you are you externally present? Like, are you are you thinking about? Or I just need to concentrate to stay in here for a couple of minutes. It's, yeah, you know? the the first minute definitely is the uh, get your breathing under control. Like, let everything know you're gonna be okay. And then after that, that's when I I can hear the birds chirping if there's birds out, or I can hear a car drive by and start thinking about I wonder who that is and where they're going and what they're doing today. Um, and then the rest of the time is, you know, it's like in my in my my best journal ever. It made me list habits that I wanted to do. And one of the habits for April was uh, no less than three minutes every day. Um, and it's in that three minutes, it's kind of, again, like one minute of, OK, control your breathing, get it together. You're going to be OK. The next minute is kind of that, yeah, the birds chirping or the rain hitting, which is really cool when it's, you know, raining a little bit. And then that last minute is. All right, you're going to get out soon. These are the things we got to do today. You're going to crush it because you just did this. So, yeah, I got to now go inside and get kids ready to go to school. And it's going to be hectic and no one's going to want to brush their teeth. But I already did this and this was hard. That's not going to be that hard right now. So, cool. Let's get out. Uh, and by the way, I'm cold. So, yeah, let's definitely get out. I mean, that, that dude, that's you just described the hierarchy. I mean, we talked, I brought Maslow up earlier, but like at its foundation, it's it's all about safety and survival. And then after that, it's this idea of like being cognitive of what's around us and then ultimately getting to a point of self, self-accusation. Like that's what you're doing in there, dude. And that's that's changing you. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> Weston said, uh, so Michelle, Weston's uh, my three-year-old, three. Uh, and the other day I was, you know, I drilled the past couple of days, uh, and I guess he told Leanne, he's like, I, when daddy gets upset, he goes, 
<laughs> and like he sees that like i'm like all right take and it's the same thing right like take a deep breath whatever you just threw on the wall and made a mess it's that's not that big of a deal all right let's work through the problem figure out why did you do that and then how are we going to clean it up and then the like you know teaching you not to do that so it was kind of neat to hear that my three-year-old sees me like taking that step back where like i don't know six eight months ago i just would have yelled right away and those times still come I don't think there's enough cold water in the world to like not allow me to, you know, to have a couple of those moments from time to time. But that's another habit I, I put in my 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 best journal ever. Don't yell at the kids. You know, I can talk to them and discipline without yelling. It's hard sometimes. I've done better than I thought so far. So, Vishal, I don't know if that answered your curiosity about the deep plunge process, but the bottom line is it's working for Joe, and I, I love that it's working for Joe. Vishal, and we want to give you the last word, so what, what do you want to leave folks with, sir? To piggyback off of what Joe said was maybe at some point today, tomorrow, in the very near future, take 60 seconds and just reflect on your surroundings and absorb them. Take, do that deep plunge, that that cold plunge, that virtual plunge, what whatever it is that you do, and do it for that 60 seconds, and appreciate the people around you, the sounds around you, the feelings around you, and 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 know that, you know, that is only possible because there's love, there's faith, there's there's trust. Um, in those surroundings. So take those 60 seconds and invest in yourself uh, to reflect. Uh, you know what? I, I got, got enough. Time. He's in charge. <laughs> we're done. This was good. Yeah, we're done here. <laughs> uh, the structure of this building has reached its capacity. Find your people, and if they make you feel sexy, even better.